You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. Well, we've been having a lot of fun keeping everything super clean and positive and uplifting, and the Packers are so good. And then, you know, you had like some COVID news, and it's like, nah, I'm just, you know, it's not the Packers. It sucks, and it's horrifying, and it kind of is foreshadowing not great things, but I'm not, I don't care. It's, you know, we'll fig- they'll figure it out, and we'll, we'll, it'll be all right. And then Alan Lazard goes down. It's like, all right, fine, I'll be negative. I just, I'm just trying to, you know how much negative there's been this offseason? Not to mention the world. <laughs> so I contemplated, well, maybe I'll just do the same episode again. We'll look at the point totals, and we'll just hang out, man. Maybe grill out a little bit, get some pork chops going, you know. Maybe grill some baked potatoes and sweet corn. Just talk about the point totals. But I guess that's not entirely the point of what we're doing here. So, although I am not really going to be talking too much about the COVID situation because I guess I don't really know what in the world is going to happen. It kind of hurts your brain a little bit when you think about the what-ifs. But but that's kind of the point, right? It's all sort of what-ifs at this point. We have a plan in place. It's not great, but it's going to, you know, we'll, we'll navigate it. The what-ifs become a problem when it's like, what happens next week if it's like four teams? Because you can only like, you know, slightly tweak things a little bit so many times before it's like, all right, we got to, I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do. Just cancel games outright. And then what, we got to cancel week 16 for everybody else? Like, what, what are we going to do? We extend the season out? push back the Super Bowl? Like, is, is this going to be like a snow day where you're all excited about it? And then they're like, yeah, but you got to come to school. Like after, you know, the last, you got to extend like another day of school now. The worst. I mean, it was the best, but it became the worst. Although it wasn't that bad because by the time we're talking last day of school, it's like, I don't really care anymore. Like the last week of school, nobody's doing anything. It's not like that one extra day you got to come to school is like a research assignment. You show up and you act like a little punk, because, you know, you, you know, what are you going to do, give me detention? <laughs> Anyways, just taking a wait-and-see approach on the COVID thing. I think the only thing that bothers me is the fact that it was relatively minor, and it really kind of blew everything up. You know, it's not like it, it ripped through the whole team, and the fact that it really didn't even transmit to the Vikings is crazy. Like, players on a team had COVID. It didn't spread to the rest of the team, and it never got to the Vikings. Well, okay. But it still kind of messed up everything. So I don't know. Whatever. Anyways, unfortunately, we do have to talk a little bit about this Alan Lazard situation. There's no way of getting around that. I suppose the silver lining here is the fact that this feels so devastating. Right? I mean, really think about that. Last year, Alan Lazard was an afterthought. Maybe not as much at the end of the year, but... I mean, this is just another example of of a guy that we picked up that you just kind of think, eh, nobody cares. That ends up actually being somewhat impactful. It's rare, but it really does happen. And I think Gutekunst tends to have a better track record with that than anybody. I mean, he was picked up December 18th, 2018. We put him on the practice squad, which is funny because we have to today talk about somebody who we signed that we all going to collectively shrug about and be like, eh, 
And for good reason, because usually when you just pick guys up off the street, it's like, meh. Lazard was one of those guys. He got picked up by Jacksonville. He got dumped by Jacksonville. In fact, he was an undrafted free agent, which shocked a lot of people. In other words, the NFL wasn't all that interested. Jacksonville signed him in April. They dumped him September 1st. September 1st. Like, this guy's no good. He's garbage. Get him out of here. Straight trash. He sat until December 18th. Nobody wanted to touch him. This is a guy that people thought was going to be drafted like in the middle rounds. One team picked him up and all 31 other teams are like, nah, we don't really need anybody. We're good. Let him sit. And so once again, we pick him up just because probably a bunch of injuries and they're like, ah, he's kind of top of the list. Let's just pick him up. The next year in August, we signed him to, we, uh, you know, waived him and signed him to the practice squad because, you know, dude's not that good. And then in September, we ended up having to sign him to the active roster and the rest is history. I mean, it just... And here's kind of the other dynamic, and I don't want to take away from Lazard because kudos to him for what he was able to do. And he did it last year when the offense wasn't that great. I mean, he was he was not quite what he seems to be this year. He's seemingly improved quite a bit. Um, so I, I'm, I'm, I don't want to completely discount him. But it's sort of like I talked about yesterday. There's a question of how much of this is kudos to the players and how much of this is this Matt LaFleur scheme. And my conclusion yesterday was it's a little bit of both. In other words, I don't know that Alan Lazard just goes anywhere and is a really good wide receiver. I don't think that's the case. However, I also said I don't think we can just pick up any wide receiver and put him in there and he's going to do what Alan Lazard does. But if you had to pick one, in other words, in other words, which is more likely? Alan Lazard goes somewhere else and replicates what he's doing here, or we find somebody else that's capable of doing what Alan Lazard is currently doing, I'm going to lean a little bit more we find someone else. Now, I guess it depends, right? Well, what if he goes to the 49ers or some other kind of comparable team? All right, fine, then Lazard tears it up. Or he goes somewhere that's solid scheme, great quarterback to put the ball right in pinpoint places like Aaron Rodgers does. Yeah, then Lazard's going to be great. The point is, though, when we're asking the question of how much of it is Alan Lazard's skill level and how much of it is scheme, I think there's a reason that everybody on this offense is doing so well this year. And the only reason I'm bothering to even point this out is to give a, a glimmer of hope that it's not impossible that we can have somebody fill in and do a decent enough job. Maybe not quite Alan Lazard, but remember, Alan Lazard is like a practice squad guy. So there are guys that we could bring in that would be a lot better. We're not going to, right? I'm not talking about making some massive trade for some wide receiver or signing some big-name person, which, by the way, all the big-name people that we're talking, you know, like Des Bryant keeps getting thrown around. I don't think he comes in and is better than Lazard. I... I just think he's he's old, man. If he was anywhere near the same Des Bryant, he would have been signed a long time ago. Now, the one caveat here is that I'm essentially talking about him as a wide receiver. One thing you can't pick up off the street and teach just, you know, very easily is his blocking ability. Which, again, as I keep saying, is ridiculous sounding, but it is quite pivotal. And we've seen some really great blocks, including him blocking Cam Jordan last week. I think it was on that Mercedes Lewis touchdown. The Saints' best pass rusher was being blocked by Alan Lazard. And it, it and it worked. And it wasn't just like he got in the way enough. Like he straight up just blocked him. Like Cam Jordan did not advance one yard on Aaron Rodgers. It was ridiculous. I mean, that might be slight hyperbole. I don't, I'm not sure. I didn't actually measure it. But it was basically he went laterally. He did not move toward Aaron Rodgers. So look, it's, it's, it's a hit to the offense. It is. And we are getting a little bit thin, which is scary. And, and you know, MVS is not, is not really the answer. He's good at what he does, um, but we need a guy that is a possession receiver, a guy that's going to get the you know 
12 targets, 8 receptions for 112 yards. Like, who is that guy? I don't think it's MVS. Now, obviously, if Devontae comes back, we're swapping Lazard for Devontae. That's a massive upgrade. So we shouldn't feel defeated to the point of, oh, no, we got worse. No, we got a lot better. And, and keep in mind, what we've done offensively, all the stuff that I've laid out the last several days, that was with Devontae being healthy like for one and a half games. Basically, the Minnesota game was the only game in which we saw Devontae fully healthy and completely tear up a team. The Lions game, Devontae got hurt, and Aaron Jones took over and tore that team up. We pounded the Saints with no Devontae. But I do think we're getting into somewhat dicey territory. As much as everybody keeps saying, no, I don't think we're signing anybody, I don't think we're doing this, at some point you just have to because we're getting to a really, really dangerous territory. And even though there are people, you get to a point in which you don't have enough guys that are really capable NFL wide receivers. right? I mean, there's human beings that we have on this team, but I don't know if these guys are, are legit. For example, the number one question that I got after this Lazard thing is, well, what next? Well, the answer is relatively straightforward for me. It's, it's Malik Taylor. Obviously, Devontae was our number one. Alan Lazard was our number two. MVS was our number three. After that, there's been two guys that have been on the field, Darius Shepard and Malik Taylor. I don't think people even realize Malik was out on the field ever because I don't think he's got a single target all year, but he's had 20 snaps this year. And the only reason I feel like Malik is probably the guy is because Darius Shepard is 5'11", 188 pounds. Malik Taylor is 6'3", 220. Malik Taylor is the prototype that Matt LaFleur likes. He's Alan Lazard. He's Devin Funchess. But, again, is he any good at football? The other side of this coin is that, despite the fact that Malik Taylor is really big, if we just look at how he's graded out, first of all, again, not a single target. 14 of his 20 snaps have been run blocking. He's never graded out well in that. He hasn't graded out well as a receiver. Again, at some point, you're just 6'3", 220, but that's it. And so it's easy to say, well, he's getting almost the next most amount of opportunities, and he fills the mold of the guy that left, and so it's next man up kind of thing, kind of stuff here. But again, it all just comes down to, yeah, but is he a good football player? You can't just put him out there because he looks like Alan Lazard. Yeah, but have you seen him? He's really tall and he's pretty big. Okay, but if he sucks, he's not playing. That's it. Darius Shepard, on the other hand, likewise has graded out horribly as a receiver. Ironically, is grading out quite well as a run blocker. Now, that's only seven snaps, and I'm sure that's not a real thing. That's not a, uh, a thing you can continually count on. So again, it's like, well, what do, what do we do? What is Matt LaFleur going to do? Do we retool this offense? Should we just stay in, you know, 12 personnel, 21 personnel, 22 personnel, keep two wide receivers or one wide receiver out there so we don't have to worry about it as much? Maybe occasionally throw Darius Shepard in the slot, occasionally bring Malik out and have him try to block somebody. But for the most part, we're having two wide receivers. It's MVS and and, uh, and Devontae, and that's it. Do we lean more on Tyler Irvin, who's characterized as a halfback, but let's be honest, he's a wide receiver. I actually said that last week. Not, I don't think I said it on the podcast, but it was a, a thought that I had, is that watch out for Tyler Irvin in that Saints game. I had a feeling with Devontae out, maybe they were going to try to get a little bit more crafty. Lean more on the scheme. Lean more on the, the creativity, the jet sweeps, all the craziness. And really, if anything, I thought they simplified things. Or perhaps it's just a mishmash of all it, all of it. It's similar to Mike Pettin with his linebackers, right? I don't have any good ones, so I'm just going to throw them out there when I feel like they're going to put their best foot forward. And really, that's not a bad option for the Packers because despite the fact that none of these guys are grading out very well, they all do have a unique set of skills. And granted, most of the time they're just not going to be out there. 
but for a little bit of flair, just to kind of keep the Falcons off guard. Remember, really bad defense. You start throwing Tyler Irvin jet sweeps out there, things to keep people off balance, you might be able to get some big chunks. If Tyler Irvin's one contribution on the day is a 20-yard a jet sweep, I'm not, I'm not too upset about that. And the rest of the day he's just used as a decoy? Cool. Because, you know, maybe we're going to do it. You don't know. 5'10", 185, 441 speed. You better take it somewhat seriously. You don't have to if you don't want to, but you might want to. And then that brings us to Jawan Winfrey. And uh, some people are already jacked up about Jawan Winfrey. The, the biggest issue that I have is similar to what we've seen all year. The same reason we haven't really seen a whole lot of A.J. Dillon and everybody else. Granted, the biggest reason we haven't seen A.J. Dillon is Aaron Jones. But, again, a lot of it comes down to trust. This thing's really running quite well right now, and I don't need somebody that doesn't know what they're doing coming out here and messing this up. Also, what I talked about, about how it took like a whole year of understanding this offensive system. You think Jawan Winfrey's going to come in here, download the playbook, and be able to just run out there this week? He's 6'3", 215. He is a Matt LaFleur wide receiver 100%. No question about it. This guy is just, Matt LaFleur saw him and is like, yep, that's the guy. Does he play football? Because I'll take him on this team. I don't know. I don't care. 100%. Big boy. But I don't, again, I don't know how he just comes out there. Also, again, he only played two games last year. One of them was against the Packers. So that whole thing where it's like, I really want to believe teams don't just pick guys they like that they played against. Because, you know, we have technology where you can watch them on the television. You can pull them up on your computers. And hopefully you have a whole staff that's, like, grading out players and all that stuff. But, you know, again, that keeps happening. No, he didn't grade out very well in those two games at all. A little bit more background, 24 years old. Uh, He's a Colorado guy. I don't know if that's a big Colorado thing. I know LaVisca Chenault came out of there, kind of a bigger guy. Maybe that's just their thing. Um, Didn't grade out all that well. Played outside a little bit of slot. Not surprisingly, his best asset is run blocking because, you know, Matt LaFleur likes him. So, you know, who knows? The biggest thing, though, is what about, like, soon? And keep in mind, we do have a bye week. we got to get through this game with a win, and then we got a bye week. So that'll give us a little bit of time. The other thing would be Equinemius. Um, I don't know the extent of his injury. He was placed on IR, which means he's eligible to come back after three weeks. He was put on IR, let's see, the Saturday before the 20th, which means he could come back the 10th. So yeah, he, he technically can come back after the bye. The question is, is he healthy? For all we know, he's done for the year. I, I have no idea. But um, again, the, the point is, the Packers want to run with the guys that we have because they understand what it is that they're being asked to do. They kind of know how to do it. The, the, the biggest problem is, are they any good at it? And if not, we got to bring guys in and coach them up real quick. And I think that's the point of, of having guys like Jawan Winfrey. The bigger issue comes in with what, you know, Granted, you could do this with literally any position. You'd start playing the what-if game. What if Devontae goes down? I mean, we're, we're going to, I'll tell you right now, we're going to become the Philadelphia Eagles real quick. And I don't mean terrible football team that can't win any games. That's not what I mean. I mean, our tight ends are our receivers. Meaning, Josiah DeGuara, Jay Sternberger, Robert Tanyan, they better just get it going here. Mercedes Lewis, because that's going to be a big part of our offense. And really... Even looking at this week, I think it's safe to say that needs to be and probably will be a big emphasis. Again, Devontae's the guy. Unless something crazy's going on and Devontae's not able to go, let's let's really break it down because I know it's panic time and, and for good reason. But assuming Devontae's good, we've got Devontae, who is an elite wide receiver, who by himself with nobody else could probably tear up the Falcons. 
We also have MVS, who's good for a couple big plays. Probably, hopefully, maybe. maybe. Again, he alluded to having some kind of extra special coverage. I don't know if he meant double coverage or what, but if Devontae's there, he ain't getting any kind of special coverage. Devontae makes all that kind of stuff much more difficult, and if, if their really biggest concern is let's not let MVS get those deep shots, you got bigger problems now, because Devontae's back. So there's Devontae, there's MVS, we also have Aaron Jones, who's a really good receiver and also a fantastic running back. We have Jamal, who's a solid receiver and a decent running back. We have Robert Tanyan, who, you know, again, because of the scheme and whatnot, he's getting schemed wide open. Jay Sternberger's getting schemed wide open constantly. And if he can just catch passes, he's a solid route runner. He's got decent enough speed. You got Josiah DeGuara, who, again, is going to be on these little slip-out routes. He's going to get his five, six, seven, eight yards, and he might be, you want it like a possession guy that gets a bunch of receptions? Shuddy, I'm talking now. The rudest human being on earth. Phony McManus. Hate him. That's a guy that can be sort of a possession-type guy. And so there, there's plenty of people to throw to. So I think Matt LaFleur will be able to manage. And yes, for the, um, we should have drafted a wide receiver crowd. You've got another little, you know, got another little whatever. Feather for your cap or something. I don't know. Do you want a lot of feathers in your, do you want any feathers in your cap? I don't know. Some people must. I'm not sure why. I feel like people that put a feather in their cap have one. And it, uh, granted, it does look pretty, pretty slick. But I feel like if you add too many, it just looks ridiculous. Some people in some situations, can get away with one feather. I don't think anyone can get away with two. I don't know. Prove me wrong. Anyways, um, the other real negative, by the way, and it doesn't have to be a negative, but let's just be realistic about the situation. I've been looking at uh, wide receivers, right, for the we should have drafted a wide receiver crew, and and everybody else. It would be kind of nice, right? If you look at what is seen to be a really good wide receiver class, they're all small, man. They're all small guys. I mean, by Matt LaFleur's standard, not by NFL standards. Like, Terrence Marshall out of LSU is, is kind of like the first the first guy to really... And our, by, you know, knowing our luck, he's going to completely tear it up, continue to tear it up at LSU, and he's going to end up being like a top 15 pick and we don't even get a shot at him. Otherwise, maybe like Seth Williams out of Auburn, who's actually... I, I was just looking at it. I was at PFF first because I was looking at their grades, which usually doesn't line up quite nicely with, you know, how big boards are ranked. Even PFF's big board. It's a whole thing, but the first guy I came across that graded in, in the top 10 right now of wide receivers, Seth Williams was the only one that was kind of big, 6'2", 224, and it looks like the the uh, the draft network has done a good job updating their, their boards here. He is now currently 47th, meaning eh, maybe it's a guy to keep an eye on. If, if, if you're bored, you're looking for something to do, you want some uh, wide receiver prospects, Seth Williams out of Auburn, Terrace Marshall out of LSU, these are kind of bigger... Matt LaFleur-esque wide receivers. Granted, Terrence Marshall is only 200 pounds, being 6'3". He's going to have to bulk up if he wants to come to Green Bay. you got to man up and eat some cheeseburgers. Seth Williams, I mean, he's 224, but he's 6'2". He's basically like Randall Cobb in this offense. So, I mean, we'll make it work, but it's kind of shrimpy, you know? I'm kind of kidding, but, you know, something to look at. Otherwise, uh, Justin Ross, Tamori, and Terry... Second, third-ish rounds, which is probably more realistic anyways because the Packers probably aren't going to take a wide receiver before the third round. Maybe second round, which they should, and Packer fans would absolutely lose it because obviously we dominate the second round with wide receivers. Just throwing it out there, something to check out. And again, if you can only pick one, I would um, advise you to watch Seth Williams. Again, he's grading out extremely well. Tenth highest graded wide receiver in all of college football at this particular point in time. 
He's actually sixth overall offensive, you know, his offensive grade is sixth, which encompasses all the other things that he has to do, like blocking and whatnot. Go figure. Just saying. Only played one game, but it was uh, six receptions, 112 yards, two touchdowns. I think I'm just talking right now because I want to pause this and go watch the guy. But I can't. I don't have time. I just need one of you to remind me later. Hey, is it your lunch break? Because you should probably pull up Seth Williams on your computer. Because the Packers are definitely drafting him. Also, somebody bookmark this because if we do draft him, I'm going to forget. And I want somebody to remind me that I was a genius that one time. It's rare, and I, I like to remember those things. Anyways... Enough doom and gloom. We're going to be all right. Um, I think the picture will be start to become more clear. It's really just a matter of we got to power through um, power through this week, get the W, play really good football while everybody's doubting us because we don't have Lazard, which, again, is kind of silly. Doubting us because we don't have Devontae against the Saints? All right, I can understand that. Doubting us because we don't have Lazard against the Falcons? Cool it, all right? You just need to cool it. Um, while we're at it, though, let's run through this uh, injury report because it is worth looking at. Um, Josiah DeGuara did not practice, Christian Kirksey didn't practice, Lazard obviously, and Mercedes Lewis didn't practice. It does say a knee for uh, for Mercedes, usually I just disregard it, thinking it's veteran rest, and it may be, but, you know, something to keep an eye on, especially with DeGuara out, you know, we're, we're, we, we don't need tight ends to also become short, because then we're, you know, me and my ability to make excuses for why we're going to be fine is going to really start to dry up if our tight ends start going down and our wide receivers. So hopefully DeGuara can shake this off, stop, you know, stop making me sad every single day because I've been pumping this guy up all offseason. He had a pretty good, you know, opening game, already getting mixed in, and then all of a sudden it's like, nah, I'm hurt all the time, my ankle. Uh, I don't care, man. Take some drugs and get out there on the field. <laughs> I just, I want, I want DeGuara to play. I'm sorry. I'm turning into Andy Herman with Boyle. It's just becoming obnoxious. I gotta let it go. Um, Christian Kirksey, you know, he's hurt. That's not great, but at the same time, again, he's been our worst linebacker, which is terrible considering it's basically a bunch of rookie undrafted free agents that are out there. And Oren Burks, who is, you know, better than Christian Kirksey, which isn't great. But, you know, when Christian Kirksey's healthy, it's he's great. But he's not, so he can't play. Um, other guys, Devontae's limited. I'm hopeful. Limited is usually a relatively good sign. However... And I'm, I'm only saying his name because it's the only one that comes to mind, all right? DeGuara was limited last week, and I was like, eh, he'll be fine. And then the next injury report came out, and he didn't practice. Right? Wednesday, he was limited. Thursday, he's like, didn't practice, and it was like, oh, shucks. Kenny Clark also limited. Again, same situation. I'm hopeful. You know, come on, man. Jeez, I'm turning into Joe Biden now. What is happening right now? Come on, man. Just get out there, man. Sean Gary limited, kind of somewhat similar situation. I mean, the the difference in the game when these guys play and don't play is pretty drastic, which, again, is, is a positive that we're saying that about Rashawn, who is currently our best pass rusher. And I want to say, like, we're good, dude. Zadarius has got it, but, you know, it's been a little iffy. I would just feel better if Devontae and Kenny and Rashawn played. That's all I'm saying. Randy Ramsey also limited, not entirely worried about it. Zadarius limited, I'm going to cry if he doesn't play. Again, I understand, but... We're talking Rashawn and Zadarius. It really just, it's going to fall one way or another. These guys all play, and it's like, yeah, we're going to smash the Falcon. These guys all don't play. I'm just going to cry regardless. Even if I sit here and say, yeah, we're still going to win, it's still horrible. Like, this is not good. Granted, again, glad we got the bye. Seems like we need it. But, man, it's one more week. Can we get through this last week? Billy Turner, of course, is full participant, so we can all rest easy on that one. 
Elton Jenkins is full, which is amazing news, and that's not sarcasm. Um, he's been phenomenal for this team, and I'm excited about him. And Jair is full because, obviously, he doesn't even be, need to be on this report. I don't ever want to see his name on this report again. You better quit messing with me. That's it, period. Uh, Falcons, quite a few guys are jacked up right now. We'll have to follow this a little bit more, and I'll, I'll try to get a better understanding of what in the world is going on. I don't know if some guys are resting or what, but this is, this is absolutely brutal. Um, both Takaris McKinley and Devontae Fowler are out, as is Grady Jarrett. That's their entire defensive line for the most part. There's another guy out there somewhere. I'm not even going to bother to look up his name because I know it doesn't matter. Grady Jarrett is a very good football player. Dante Fowler and Takaris McKinley, who have, granted, they've struggled, but I'm pretty sure they're both first-round pick pass rushers. Keanu Neal is one of the few decent defensive players they have at safety. He did not practice. I, I, I legitimately wonder if some of this is just rest because maybe it, I don't know. I have no idea what's going on right now because Calvin Ridley also didn't practice. And, I mean, they, they have, it doesn't say rest. Takaris McKinley has a groin injury. Grady Jarrett has a hip injury. Keanu Neal has a hamstring injury. Dante Fowler has an ankle. Calvin Ridley has an ankle. I know their kicker, uh, Young Ho Koo, they've already talked about bringing in a new kicker that's probably going to be, I think they drafted a guy or whatever, but he's this is probably going to be his week. In other words, uh, Young Ho Koo is legitimately, they're already saying, probably not playing this week. So that's clearly not rest. Ricardo Allen at safety did not practice. Um, Julio Jones was limited. Caleb McGarry, their tackle was limited. I don't know who that guy is. Don't know who that guy is. Don't care. Russell Gage, don't know who that is. A couple other full participants. But that's that's crazy, man. We'll have to follow up on that because that's, um, I mean, this team is already in a lot of trouble going up against the Packers as it is. I think, I think if, if you just take Calvin Ridley away, I don't know that they have much of a shot. Like, just take that guy away and they're in a lot of trouble. If you just take Grady Jarrett away, I don't know that they can win. Like, it's, I, it's just, it's brutal. So again, this, this is massive swings one way or another, depending who's in and who's out. Right now, it seems positive for the Packers, right? The, the, the biggest guys that are out, obviously Alan Lazard, but also Mercedes and Josiah and Christian Kirks. But we can survive. If Devontae, Jair, Kenny, Rashawn, Elton Jenkins, Randy, uh, Zadarius, and I guess Billy Turner, if those guys are all a go, it's, we're, we're good, dude. TKO, it's over. Which always makes me think of Teddy Pendergrass. Anybody know what I'm talking about right now? Looks like another love TKO. Anyways, before we take a break, allow me to say thank you to a few people. It is officially just the second. Yesterday was the first day of the month. And so far, to start off October, we got Randall Smith, Benny Winland, and Jason Lindstrom joining Patreon, which is awesome and huge, and thank you guys so much. That is a fantastic way to start the month. I'm hoping we can keep that going. I mean, honestly, if we just had one pledge a day, that'd be 30 new patrons. That'd be huge. But thank you guys so much for that support. really means a lot. I did have one other thought, because some of you guys are on a crusade to help me out, and I appreciate that. Others of you would like me to just shut my mouth and talk Packers, but just give me my couple minutes here, all right? We'll get there. On top of, if everybody just gave a dollar, we'd be done. That's number one. Dollar a month, that is. Number two, if everybody just told two friends, we'd be home free, assuming those two friends listen regularly and whatnot. Here's number three, though. The number is still going up. But as of right now, my the hosting company that I use tracks not just how many people listen in a day, but how many unique listeners listen in a month. Because obviously there's a difference between people that listen infrequently and people that listen every day, etc. Don't usually give out numbers because it seems kind of weird or whatever, but total unique listeners in the last 30 days is 21,331 people. 
If everybody that listened just listened a little bit more frequently, I don't need to get to 21,000 to quit my job. I pr- if, if I get to 21,000, that's like I'm taking this show on the road territory. I'm going to get an RV and I'm going to travel the country and I'm going to smoke cigars rolled up with $100 bills. That's what that is. I don't need 21,000. That's stupid territory. I mean, I'll take it. The point is, though, if the people that listen just listened a little bit more frequently, because I already have enough listeners to quit my job today. They're here. They're right there. I'm looking at it. Totally unique listeners. People that have come in and hung out for a minute and took off and then didn't listen for a while. So here's the suggestion. I'm not asking you for charity or you just come back and play it, but don't listen because you don't actually like the show. What I am saying, though, for some of you, maybe it just slips your mind or you didn't think about it. Most of these apps, Google, iTunes, etc., they let you set up reminders. If you haven't done that yet, please do it. Set up a reminder on your phone so you get a notification whenever there's a new episode. That way, you don't forget, it doesn't slip your mind, and you can just push the little notification, boom, there's the podcast. Because, if, again, if the total unique listeners for the month was my daily listeners, I'm walking to work, holding a steak with my bare hands to turn in my resignation with steak sauce all over it. Like, here you go. I love you guys. Take care. It's been real. I'm going to go get another steak. Just saying. Lots of options for ways that you can help out. Let's take a break, and I got a fun little conspiracy theory on the other side that I'm very, very excited about. For those of you guys who are waiting for that Iron Jock stuff, I'm still trying to get it all worked out. I'm waiting basically until Saturday when I have some time, because I really want to do it properly, right? In other words, I shouldn't just be sitting on here just saying it on the podcast and then just assuming everything's going to fall in line the way I want it to. I I need to be more organized. We're going to get this thing figured out because I have a ton of these things to get rid of, and I'm beyond excited to get them in your hands so I can get some feedback, and plus I just want you guys to have these because I love mine and... I don't know. It's cool when people have cool stuff. But we're going to be doing some awesome giveaways, no question about it. But allow me to just remind you again, you don't have to wait to win a giveaway. You want a little teaser? Go go check out. Maybe, maybe you want to get one of their t-shirts, socks and underwear, whatever. Get something small just to get a little sample, just to get a little taste. Because if they put even half the amount of quality and care into their other stuff that they put into these hoodies, it's phenomenal and you will not regret it. Again, they've got polo shirts, vests, workout shirts, sweatshirts, shorts, socks and underwear, running jackets, hoodies, pants, the whole spectrum. And I can tell you right now, although it's set up as like a men's athletic company, I cannot pry this thing away from my daughter. So keep that in mind. She will not stop. Now my wife wants it. It's a whole thing. And the cool thing is, I don't even like I don't even think about the silver ion thing. Like it, it dawns on me once in a while. I'm like, oh sweet, yeah, that's right. It's killing all the bacteria and stuff. That's great. And it definitely doesn't stink, which is nice. Not that I would expect it to, but I wonder if it would have. Reminds me of that office episode where Andy's in the car and he's like, global warming, right? I bet it was supposed to be super cold today. (laughs) Anyways, again, you're not even really going to be worried about it because it's a super comfortable, awesome, whatever it is you're buying. But in the background, you've got silver ion technology infused in the fabrics that is killing 99.9% of all bacteria and fungus. This Enduratec fabric is wicking and fast drying. It's breathable. It's got superior cooling, which I can absolutely attest to. It kept me warm when it was breezy outside. But again, I wear this thing around the house when it's like 75 degrees in the house just because. And it, it's not like I need to take this off because I can't breathe. It's, it's really, really comfortable. Anti-static, I've said a thousand times, there's nothing worse than a staticky shirt. There are certain shirts I just can't wear in winter. And obviously, odor eliminating a couple of their products. The long pants, the shorts, hoodies, and running jackets have Enduratec Plus, which is also water repellent. So if you want to check it out, please go to ironjock.com. That's I-R-O-N-J-O-C.com. Check them out on Facebook or follow them on Twitter, Iron Jock.
That's at Iron Jock, obviously. Also, make sure you're checking out mybookie.ag. Great place to do all your sports betting. Again, if you got a little bit of side cash, it's always a little bit of fun to just 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 play with. I'm not talking, you know, financial investment here. Play money, have a little bit of extra fun on Sunday. They got in-game live betting, which is always just a ton of fun. You can you can bet the spread or you can bet their prop bets because why not? For example, you know, what's the over going to be? What, what's, what's the total going to be in the first quarter? Just just crazy stuff. Again, whatever you want to put it on. Whatever you're just feeling in the moment. My bookie's ready to take that action. But when you head over there, make sure you use promo code OVERTIME. They're going to double your first deposit. And again, I don't know quite yet if the uh, $500 giveaway is still going on. But it's not going to hurt you to take a screen capture and send it over and uh, possibly be entered to win $500. Yes, I forgot to ask them. That's a my bad. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't still check out mybookie.ag. So go do that today, please. Thank you very much. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. All right, so I got to give a big shout out to Mr. Jason Lindstrom who brought this to my attention. And look, we can just call this a fun little conspiracy theory. I love conspiracy theories. Really do. They're just fun, man. Most of them are fake. Sometimes it turns into a thing. Either way, it's awesome. So, I talked the other day. There was a question the other day about if the only thing we get out of the Jordan Love pick is motivation for Aaron Rodgers, was the pick worth it? And and I reiterated a thousand times, neither he nor I are saying that that's the case, but would it have been worth it if that's all you get? And the answer is obviously yes, because he's tearing it up, and that's cool. But obviously, that's not what's happening, right? Doesn't matter. Nobody cares. Rodgers doesn't care about Jordan Love. And then uh, you, you go on to say, well, yeah, I mean, he, he told us why he's doing so well. He's in this little Zen headspace and all this stuff, and, you know, everything's fantastic. The interesting thing about Jordan or Aaron Rodgers, I should say, is that he's extremely intelligent, and he's got a reputation for saying things in kind of a, like when he goes at somebody, it's usually in a roundabout sort of slick, backbitey kind of way, right? That was like the whole thing back when McCarthy was around. He'd say something and people would say, I feel like that's, that's like a dig at somebody. He didn't say it, but he, you know, like passive aggressive type stuff. In other words, that's just kind of how his mind seems to work. He says things indirectly. There's also things like the, uh, the purple drink that keeps popping up that he says has nothing to do with the Vikings, but it, you know, it just it keeps popping up when he beats the Vikings. Maybe that's a dig at the Vikings. He says it's not. No, no, I just like the purple drink. No big deal. I drink it at every game. What are you talking about? All right, that's fair. Another example of wordplay in this Pat McAfee show. I didn't pick up on it. He was real quick-witted with it, just came out with it. I missed it. Pat McAfee picked up on it because I haven't been an immature single college student in quite a long time. 
but he was asked, how far can you throw a football? And without missing a beat, he said, I don't know, somewhere between 68 and 70 yards. That was a joke. I, it went right over my head. I missed it. And then Pat was like, ah, I got it. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's funny. I thought he was being serious. I don't know. Again, real quick wit off the top of his head, wordplay. And he takes pride in being witty and having like these little breadcrumb type things out there, right? Why did Aaron Rodgers tell us he's having such a good year? Think about it. If you could summarize everything he said with all this Zen stuff, what does it all boil down to in one word? What is that word, do you think? Let me help you out real quick. And that's why I'm having so much fun. And it starts with love. Wait, 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 hold on. Let me run that back one more time. And it starts with love. Now, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know if you guys know this or whatever. Maybe the ladies listening will, will think that this isn't true. But, but let, let's be honest. How many times, gentlemen, have you ever had a conversation with one of your buddies that sounded anything like this? I'm, I'm just throwing it out there. Rogers can do whatever he wants to do. Maybe he's better than all of us. That's cool. Have you ever sat, in, sat around with a room full of your guy friends talking about how much you know, love has changed your life. Probably not too much. Is it impossible that he's building all this up and go back and watch it? As he's saying this, he's got a big, massive grin on his face. Is it impossible that a guy like Rogers, who's, let's face it, he's really smart, he's very creative with these kinds of things, the breadcrumb type stuff, that he just kind of built up this thing to just kind of lay it out there, see if anyone picks up on it. It's mindfulness, it's, you know, all this stuff. It's, uh, it's love. Love is the reason. For those of you that haven't picked up on it, What's the guy's, what's the quarterback's name that we drafted? The Packers drafted Jordan Love, and a lot of people said, including A.J. Hawk, who is sitting right here listening to this answer, and Pat McAfee and everybody in that room, the guy that Aaron Rodgers agreed to be on their show, prior to him agreeing to be on the show, what did Pat McAfee say? What did A.J. Hawk say? Aaron Rodgers is going to be furious. That was their take on this whole thing. He's going to tear up the league because he's going to be furious. He agreed to be on their show. He says in this interview, this is a big part of the reason why I'm on this show, you know, because of love. So Aaron Rodgers right now is literally going on camera telling us he's playing as well as he is because of love. And Jason is the only person that picked up on that. First of all, shame on all of us. Even if everything that's coming out of my mouth is stupid right now, still, shame on all of us for not picking up on that. And kudos to Jason for bringing this to me first. If you have any crazy conspiracy theories, you better come straight to me. Don't be giving that to any other podcast, nothing. Plus, they're not going to say it. They got their reputation and they're worried about people don't like them because they're saying stuff. And what if Rogers hears me? He won't be my best friend. I don't care about any of that. I'll say any kind of crazy conspiracy theory you got because I love them. Plus, if Rogers were to hear this, he should be flattered. Because that would be genius for him to do that. Let me just play it back one more time because it just makes me so happy. And it starts with love. Yeah. Yes, it does. You crafty son of a gun. Now look, because some people don't know how to take jokes and whatnot, I'm not saying that I'm being serious about this. I'm just saying this is awesome, and I'm absolutely going to run with this. When in reality, I think Mr. You know, hanging out with the Dalai Lama probably does mean more or less what he's saying literally. But it's not impossible, and that's the point. <laughs> Anyways, that's it. i got to cut it off there. We're going to end it on that uh, amazing note. You folks have yourselves a fantastic Friday. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.